The following is a teaching from Church of the Redeemer. We pray that you will be blessed by this teaching. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we turn our attention to God's Word this weekend. As I said, we're starting a new series of messages called Wise Up from the book of Proverbs chapter 3. And so throughout the summer, uh, we'll be looking at simply the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. So we'll encourage you just to be taking time to read that chapter. We'll encourage you to read it from various translations and paraphrases and become familiar with it as we sort of uh, break it apart in our study times together over the summer. I think if I were to ask the question this evening, how important is wisdom? Most of you would say it's very important, and wisdom indeed is one of the greatest things that you and I will ever have in life. In fact, the Bible teaches us that in all that we do, we need to go after wisdom. Wisdom is vital. Wisdom is really defined as, the, as insight into life. That's really what it is. It's not just knowledge. There are a lot of people that are very knowledgeable about things, but they don't necessarily have wisdom. And so you can have knowledge about things and still not be wise. But wisdom is about insight that allows you to perceive and to practically apply knowledge in such a way that you actually make good decisions with it. That's the whole idea of wisdom. That you get information, you get knowledge, but it becomes more than just head knowledge. It finds its way into your heart so that you can now begin to utilize it to make good decisions with your life. The challenge with wisdom is that uh, most of us know when we need it in a moment. And so something happens and you say, well, I need some wisdom right now. And, and, and while we do often find ourselves in those moments when we need wisdom, wisdom is something that needs to be built over a period of time. You don't need wisdom just when you need it. You need it before you, get, you, you need it. What I mean by that is you need to be building up your wisdom account. That inside of you, that the wisdom is being imparted to you. You're growing in wisdom so that when the challenging moments come, moment comes in your life, that you already have something to draw upon. You're not looking for it then. You already have it. And it's, it, it, it resides inside of you. The Old Testament book of Proverbs really is the book of wisdom. It describes for us what wisdom and the wisdom of God is all about. I want to read the first four verses of Proverbs chapter 3 with us this evening. And, uh, and highlight some of these verses as we go through our study time together. Proverbs 3, beginning in verse number 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will, that's the teachings of God, the commands of God, they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. In the same chapter, chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse number 13. Read it together with me aloud, if you will. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. Notice that blessing is associated with finding wisdom. And then verse number 18, she is a tree of life, that is wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her, those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Wisdom will do wonderful things for you. Wisdom will do incredible things in your life. Wisdom is what leads you to a stable life. It's what leads you to fulfill life. It is actually what ushers you into what I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to talk to you about the favor of God. When you grow in wisdom, the wisdom that you gain will usher you in or bring you in to something called God's favor. Many people don't realize that wisdom 
And growing in wisdom, we often think about growing in wisdom, that you don't just have it all, but you have to grow into it. But they don't link the two things of growing in wisdom with growing in favor. If you want to grow in favor, you have to grow in wisdom. You can't have favor without wisdom. Wise people get favored, right? If you're going to go to a person and you're going to give them influence in your life, you're not going to go to a fool. You're going to go to a wise person, right? And you, have, you give favor to people who possess wisdom. And so that's why we must develop this wisdom because it leads to favor. Even Jesus experienced this in his developmental years before he entered into his ministry. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And so in the growth of wisdom also came favor with God and favor with man. And so I want to talk to you about favor tonight. As you grow in wisdom, you will grow in favor. And one of the reasons why you need to be wise is because favor is essential to your life. The first thing I want to share with you this evening from the passage we read a few moments ago is this, that God's favor is something that you need. I'm going to explain favor to you in a moment, but write it down. God's favor is something that every person in this place needs. Listen to it again. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win. What's the word? Favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. How many of you believe that God has a purpose for your life? Raise your hand. You believe that God has a reason for you being here? I hope you do because God does have a reason for you. But you're not just taking up air and space on the planet. God put you here for a reason. There's something he wants you to do with your life. Things that he wants you to fulfill. But what a lot of folks don't realize is that what God's purpose is, whatever God's purpose is for your life is bigger than you can do by yourself. You'll never be able to fulfill whatever purpose God has for you in your own strength or power to fulfill God's purpose. You need God, right? And it's only when you add God into the equation that there can be the fulfillment of all that God has planned for you. God has, why I can often tell you and remind you that God has way more in store for you than you've ever imagined in your own life, but you have to tap into the strength and power of God to enable you to actually become the very thing that God created you to be. So you need favor to fulfill God's purpose. And favor is defined simply as this. Favor is the kindness, the grace, grace, the loveliness, the preciousness, the beauty of God being poured out upon you. To favor someone is to think of them and to treat them as special, to treat them as dearly loved and valued, to treat them as precious, and to provide them with everything needed for their success. If you favor someone, you're going to provide them everything they need to be successful. That's why you and I need the favor of God. And so if you're going to be successful, you need God to favor you to give you what will be necessary for your success. I could take time to walk you through Scripture. I, I will not do that tonight. I'll give you some names, but you can do the study on your own. All the great men and women of the Bible that accomplished anything great for God or served any significant purpose with their life were favored by God. Was Abraham favored by God? Absolutely. Was Jacob favored by God? No question about it. 
Was Moses favored by God? Of course he was. He got favor with Pharaoh to get the people eventually out of Egypt. And we could go on and on. David was favored by God. Daniel was favored by God. Jesus was favored by God. We read it a moment ago. The apostle Paul found himself in moments of great favor where God opened doors for him to preach the gospel. And so anyone that ever accomplished anything great in their life for the purposes of God did so by the favor of God. And so wise people seek God's favor Why? Because favor is necessary to fulfill your purpose. The second thing is that God's favor will always make a major difference in your life. You not only need it, but you need it because it makes a difference, a huge difference. When the favor of God rests upon you, you're marked. There's just something that God, when God puts his favor upon your life, there's a marking that comes upon your life that sets you apart that's different from the world around you. Now, would you agree that we need to be different from the world around us? The world around us can get really ugly fast, can it not? And so what is the hope of the world? The hope of the world is Jesus, but also the hope of the world is us. Jesus in us, right? And so if the world is going to have any chance at all to see what real life ought to be like, where are they going to look to find it? They're going to look to us as the church. We need to be shining examples of faith, hope, and love. We need to be shining examples of what real Christ followers are all about. And so the purpose of favor in our lives is to allow us to shine and be different from the world around us and to point people to someone who is greater than us that will give hope to their lives as well, but we need favor because favor makes a difference. When God's favor rests upon you, it it is what will enable you to become the person that God wants you to be and to do everything that God wants you to do. Now, I'm going to give you, according to Scripture, and by the way, this is over the summer, this is a Bible study we're kind of walking our way through. So I'm going to give you seven things that the favor of God will produce in your life. If you, when, when God favors you, and the next point I'm going to talk to you about how to receive the favor of God, but I want to talk to you first of all about the things that are necessary, that, that will happen when you are favored by God. Are you ready for this? Okay. I'm going to need your help, so just pretend that we're all in, the, in my living room together doing a Bible study, all right? And so you can look at your notes, help me out, let's study together. Number one, what's the first thing that favor produces in your life? Blessing. Say it with me. What's, what is it? Blessing. Blessing. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 33, 23. About Naphtali, that was one of the tribes of Israel, he said, Naphtali is abounding with the favor of the Lord and is full of his blessing. He will inherit southward to the lake. What happens in your life when you begin to experience more of God's favor? You grow in the favor of God because you're growing in the wisdom of God. What happens is is that blessing will attend you. And blessing provides opportunity for expansion in your life. It makes your life bigger. It gives you inheritance, if you will. It's what allows you to enter into your unique promised land that God has in store for your life. And so when God favors you because of the growing wisdom in your life, there comes blessing. Number two, what's the second thing that happens when God favors you? Say it with me. What is it? Deliverance. Deliverance from your enemies. Now, don't raise your hand on this, but do any of you have an enemy? Okay. Hopefully it's not the person sitting beside you, Okay. But here's what you must understand. We all have enemies. In the spiritual realm, every one of us is a Christian. We're targeted by 
a, a supreme enemy called, the, called Satan. He comes after you. Every day of your life, Satan is after you to try to, in some way, infiltrate into your world to plant attitudes and thoughts in you that should not be there to get you to do things that are wrong or contrary to the will or purpose of God. And so we need to be delivered from our enemies, delivered from evil. In fact, Jesus taught us one of the prayers to pray every day is deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. When God favors you in your life, you will see dramatic, wonderful points of deliverance. Second Kings 13 verse 4. Then Jehoahaz sought the Lord's, what did he seek? The Lord's favor, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw how, severe, how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. You continue to read that passage, you will see how God gave this king an incredible victory because God favored him. I believe that as God, as you begin to move into more wisdom and you begin to experience more and more of God's favor in your life, some of you are going to be astounded as some of the, some of the victories are going to come your way. Just watch out because some great deliverance is coming in your direction. Okay? But it's not going to happen unless you grow in wisdom, which increases favor. Number three, what happens when you and I are favored by God? What's the word? Promotion. God wants to promote you. He wants to give you a platform for influence. But that comes by favor, which is produced through wisdom. Here's the story of Joseph. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, for he, for he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him, what's that word? Success. In other words, favor provides you everything you need for success and gave him success in whatever he did. This is the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, how he was falsely accused and put in prison uh, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He's put in prison. When he gets in prison, the favor of God still rests upon him, and he is promoted to become the one who is in charge of everybody in prison, which ultimately led him to becoming the prime minister of Egypt. See, the world can put you down, but God can bring you up. Amen, okay? The world can say, you know what? That person's not going to make it. God says, I have a different opinion. He will make it. She will make it. Because see, when the favor of God rests upon you, promotion will just come to your life. You'll not even be able to explain it. It'll just simply be the promotion of God upon your life. Somebody ought to say amen right there, okay? That was a pretty good amen. That was awesome, okay? Number four, what, what, what does it do for you? The favor of God creates what? usefulness to God. Do you want to be used by God? I do. I want to be used by God. I want God to, when he has a job to get done, I want him to be able to say, oh, hey, Dale's a candidate. How about you? Do you want to be a candidate when God needs to get something done that he can actually call out on you and say, I, I'd like to use you? But you have to be, you have to have the favor of God on you to be used by God, and that comes through wisdom. Genesis 6, verse 8. Read it with me. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, you've got to get this story. You think the world is bad now? It was really bad during the days of Noah. In fact, the Bible says that during the days of Noah, God repented that he'd even made the world. He was so upset with how people were living that he wanted to destroy everybody. 
I mean, it was got that bad. I mean, when God, who is love, looks down upon his creation and sees it as so horrible and so terrible that he wants to destroy everything and start all over again, that's bad, isn't it? But the Bible says that as God is looking at the world, he sees one particular man by the name of Noah. And the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And it was Noah that God picked out and said, Noah, I want you to do something for me. I want to use you. God, how do you want to use me? Well, I want you to build the boat. What's that? Well, it's this thing that's going to float when it rains. What's that? Okay. Because by this point, they'd never been, there'd never been rain in the world. Okay. But God obeyed because he saw favor. There was grace upon Noah to accomplish the purpose that God had. Aren't you glad that Noah is a part of our heritage? Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, we're talking about being useful to God when God favors you. But the angel, this is the angel Gabriel said to her, this is Mary, uh, the mother of our Lord. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. How did Mary end up being the one that was the carrier of the Christ child? Because she had been favored by God. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, some of you, as you begin to grow in wisdom, if you'll apply yourself to wisdom and favor begins to rest upon your life, it'll be amazing the kind of things that God will birth through you because you're favored by Him. The fifth thing that happens is when we're favored by God is it results in, read with me, productivity and stability. Psalm 90, verse 17, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. We talked a little bit about this last weekend. But the favor of God creates strength and stability and productivity to the work that you do. That you do something, you put energy into it, but God says, now that you've worked it, I'm going to add my blessing to it. Number six, it produces wisdom. We're going to talk more about that. That's that insight, the capacity to make good decisions. And then the last one here, number seven, is a good reputation. Let me tell you why a good reputation is so important. The Bible speaks of it as a good name. A good name or a good reputation is about your character, right? What do you want to be known for? When someone calls your name, what do you want them to think about when your name is called? That's your reputation. Oh, they, they always do what they say. If they give you a promise, you can trust them. I've heard people say before, well, if you ever do a deal with that person, watch out, get it in writing. <laughs> ever heard, heard that before? Make sure you get all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted because I know that person. What, what's going on is they know something about their character. They have a bad name. But I've also known people before that I've been told, you can do a deal with that person. All you need to do is get their word and shake their hand. Why? Because they're as good as their name. Their name is on the line. And when you're favored by God, there is a good reputation. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 4. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. The person upon whom God's favor rests will demonstrate a winsome, beautiful aroma of God's presence and pleasure. They will be attractive to the world around them. The third thing essential part of this, this growth process we're talking about in this series is that finding favor with God is linked to key life choices. So you need God's favor. When you get God's favor, it makes a difference. Amen? Did you just see that in the Bible? Does the favor of God make a difference? Absolutely. So now you've got to say, how, how do I get it then? Well, according to the Bible, getting more of God's favor is linked to the choices that you make in your life. 
So favor is not a, it's not a gift that you earn. It's not as though that you're earning God's favor because it's freely given. It's simply like we talked about a few weekends ago. It's, it's, it's positioning yourself. Remember the phrase I use, being under the spout where the blessing comes out? Remember that phrase? Okay. That's what favors are. When you get under the spout by making the right choices in your life, then when you do that, you begin to flow in God's favor. I'm telling you, I'm believing for some amazing things in each of your lives as you begin to step under that spout of the favor of God to see what He's going to do. So the key question for us, and this is where I want to spend the bulk of my time, the remaining point of my time tonight with you, is to talk to you about the kind of person you need to be and the choices that you need to make if you're going to walk in favor. So let me share with these with these with you. There's, let's see, a total of uh, six of these things we're going to be talking about, all right? So let's look at them together. Number one, become a believer. That's where it starts, right? You have to have a relationship with God. It all starts with a relationship with Him. You can't have the favor of God unless you know God. How do you know God? You know God through Jesus. There is no, listen closely, there is no other way to God than through His Son, Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what the world will tell you. The world will try to say, oh, there are many different pathways to God, many ways you can get to know God. No, there's only one way to get to know God. That's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who was the truth, Jesus, who never told a lie, gave this statement to us in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He said, this is who I am. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So salvation, relationship with God, is linked to relationship with His Son. You can't see the Father without the Son. You can't have a relationship with God the Father except through his son, Jesus Christ. The good news is the door is open. Whoever will may come to Jesus, right? So if you're here this evening and you've never given your life to Christ, this is the moment. This is your deciding moment. If you want the favor of God in your life, you have to come in relationship with God through the door, and the door is Jesus. There is only one door. His name is Christ Jesus the Lord, but he's available to anybody. Anyone that wants to come can come. Whomsoever will may come. He opens the doors. If you'll just simply believe in me, you can come in and have life. Listen to Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. These are the words of Jesus himself. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's what? Favor. Jesus is the whole reason I came is so that you, who distant from me, can find a way into a relationship with God and step into God's favor. Hebrews 11, verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So it's about our faith in Him. Number two, second thing, second choice to make if you want to have God's favor in your life. Be humble and be hungry, okay? For some of that hungry part's not a problem, right? You're already thinking about what's going to happen after church tonight. Where are you going? But let's talk about a different kind of hunger, okay? We're talking about spiritual hunger, okay? You need to be hungry for God. You know why a lot of people aren't hungry for God? Like they should be, like we should be? It's because we fill up with all kinds of spiritual junk food. 
We're always involved in this thing or that thing or another thing. We're always kind of filling up with the stuff of the world around us through the media and through exposure we get. And then we don't have any appetite for God. Let me tell you, if you start fasting some of those other things, you'll start hungering for the right thing. Lay aside some other things in your life because that gives you a hunger for God. Proverbs 8.35. For those who find me, find life and receive, what's the word again? Favor. When you find God, you find life and you receive favor from Him. Uh, Psalm 25, verse 9. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. So be humble and be hungry. One of my prayers, and I'll pray it at the end of tonight's message, and I hope that you'll have a responsive heart when I pray this. I want to pray tonight that God would give you an incredible, fresh hunger for Him. I want us to be a hungry people here at Church of the Redeemer. How about, amen? You want to be that? We're hungry for God. We, we never get enough of God. You know, there's certain things I never get enough of. I never get enough of M&Ms. Never. Okay. I never get enough of ice cream. Anybody with me on that? I mean, wake me up at 3 a.m. and show me some ice cream. I'm ready, okay? I mean, I'll have it for breakfast, okay? Are you with me on this? There's certain things that I never get enough of. And I want to have that same kind of appetite with God. God, I never, ever have enough of you. There's always more that I want of you. Number three, live obediently. Just do what God asks you to do. Live, in the, live by this book called the Bible. Proverbs 12, verse, verse 2. Good people obtain what? Favor. Good people. It's people that do the right thing, that do good things. Good people obtain favor from the Lord, but He condemns those who devise wicked schemes. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. If you fully, what is it? Obey. The Lord your God. Is that on the screens here? Read it with me. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all His commands, I will give you today. The Lord God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Number four, get with God regularly. You know, if you're hungry for God, what will you do? You'll get with God. If you're hungry for Him, that's one of the beautiful things about spiritual hunger. It just draws you to the presence of God. We read it a moment ago. Let me read it for you again. Proverbs 8, 34. Blessed are those who listen to me. Actually, it was another verse we read, but it was close to this one. Blessed are those who listen to me watching, how often? Daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Circle that word, or at least write that word down on your notes. Daily, daily, daily. Daily represents something that is regular, that is consistent in your life. And I've learned, and this is a challenge I want to give you as you're going through the summer. I know the summer is busy. You've got lots of different activities going on. There'll be vacations potentially that some of you will have and traveling and so forth. It is very easy to fall out of your spiritual habits in the summertime. Very easy, okay? Because there's a lot of stuff going on, a little different schedule generally. But let me I've learned over the years, if I can keep my spiritual habits consistent in the summer, then I can do it any other time of the year, okay? If I can lick the summer, I'm good for the rest of the year, right? And so the best time for me to press in and be consistent in my Bible reading and in my prayer time is not in the winter, but it's in when? The summer. 
Because if I'll do it in the summer, generally I've created the habit and the consistency that I can carry with me through the fall and the winter and the spring, okay? So here's what I want to encourage you to do as you're going through this summer. Even if you've never done it before, make a decision that you're going to spend a little bit of time in God's Word every day, daily, okay? How many of you eat every day? Okay. I know. I can, t- I can tell for some of you. You eat more than once a day, okay? I'm talking to me too. Okay, so. no, you don't. You're not missing a lot of meals, right? Okay, but every day, what's for what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? Come on, you ask those questions, right? How about in your spiritual life? What's what's for breakfast this morning, God? And what's what's for lunch, God, today? And what's what's for dinner today, God? Can I spend just a little bit of time with you today? Because I want something to feed me and nurture me. I'm going to daily watch at your gate so that you can feed me. Build that habit into your life. Hebrews 10, to us, 20, verse 25 says, Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's the consistency, not only of your own individual time with God, but consistency in your time in worship with others, which is exactly what you're practicing here this evening. Number five, treat others out. Listen closely. You can't. Expect favor on your life if you're mean to people. Okay? You can't treat people just any old way that you want to treat them and expect God to just bless you. No. A man asked Jesus one day, what's the greatest commandment? Right? We talked about this several months ago. What's the greatest commandment? Jesus, without blinking an eye, said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And not even a breath. Not even a stopping moment. Nothing that said, and maybe, maybe, and I'll tell you the second one later. No, he said, and, and love your, come on, help me out, church. Love your neighbor as yourself. He put those two things together. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You can't really love God if you hate your neighbor. That's what he's saying. So a lot of people, oh, I love God, just can't stand people. No. That's not how it works. You can't just treat people any way you want to and expect favor to rest upon you. Notice Proverbs 3, verse 3. Let love and faithfulness, let's say it with me, love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Just make sure, and it goes on to talk as we read a moment ago about the favor associated with that. Then number six, be faithful and loyal in your life and in your, your labors. Proverbs 3, verse 3, again, let love and faithfulness never leave you. It's important to note something here. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. What we're going to do in this series, we're going to help you to grow in wisdom. Okay? And tonight I laid out just a pathway. You're going to grow in wisdom, and wisdom leads to favor. Okay? And favor leads to all those differences that, were, that will be made in your life. Even in the early church, the success of the early church was found in the fact that God favored them. Let's read our last verse together, Acts 2, verse 47. Read it with me. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. 
And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's the beautiful thing, that when you and I begin to walk in the favor of God individually, when you begin to increase in the favor of God individually, there's also a corporate effect, okay? And the light of Jesus shines for us in a greater way individually, but also corporately to the world around us. And the early church was known as a people who were favored by God. I want to be known as a person who is favored by God. I want our church to be a place of people who are joined together, favored by God. Amen? Can we pray together? Let's bow our hearts together in prayer tonight. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're thankful that you're calling us to this study this summer about wisdom. We believe that you're talking to us about something very significant in our lives to wise up. And one of the reasons why is because you, you want to favor us at a greater level than we've ever been favored before. And Lord, I believe that you have favor to rest upon people. Not that we earn, but that we position ourselves for by all those things we talked about tonight. And I pray, as I mentioned a moment ago, Lord, that you would give us first and foremost an absolute insatiable hunger for you. I pray for people in this room tonight who perhaps have very little hunger for you. I pray that this moment would be a moment that you would stimulate a hunger like they've never known before to discover what it means to live for God. And Lord, for those of us that may have been walking with you for a long time and maybe we've, we've gotten a little numb about our hunger for you, I pray that you would rekindle in us that appetite for you like we've never had before. In these days, we want to hunger for you, God. And I pray that you'd help us, especially this summer, to really set aside daily time to be with you. Lord, let us get into your word and more importantly, let your word get into us in a way that begins to make us wise so we can walk in your favor. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. 
And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org/newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.